The text for our sermon this evening comes from the first reading from Genesis chapter 16. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These couple of Wednesdays in Advent, we've reflected on a couple of stories in the Old Testament, in the scriptures, that carry a common theme. All throughout the scriptures, there are common themes that appear. There's water, there are trees, there's meals. Well, we've also, this Advent, considered the theme, this is my son. And the stories in the scriptures about sons who were to be born that are, have something in common with Jesus, that are a preview of the birth of Christ. This week, we hear about Ishmael. This is my son, Ishmael. Now, you ask many young parents these days what style of a parent they are, and you'll get many different answers. There's helicopter, there's tiger mom, there's even a new one I hear called the snowplow method of parenting. If you were to ask your grandfather or your grandmother what type of parent they were, they would likely say, well, one with kids? What other kind of parent is there? They would, of course, as parents, admit to making mistakes. If you ask any parent really what kind of parent they are, they would likely say, not as good as I had hoped. There is a certain humbleness involved with being a parent. It's unavoidable. That humbleness many times comes from realizing that you are not in control as, as much as you might have thought. There are many ways to deal with the humbleness brought on with parenthood and just life in general. We are all humbled. We all experience the humbleness, that feeling of being out of control. When things are out of your control, what do you do? When you are humbled, what is your reaction? Because you see, that question goes beyond parenthood and is even a question for children as well as those who are not parents. This is why the story today of, of the son Ishmael with Hagar and Abraham is so very important. First and foremost, because it points us to Christ, a child, another child of a promise. But from our text today, first we learn to hear God's word. Second, we are to turn from temptation to doubt God's word. And finally, in our text today, we see a picture of Christ's faithfulness to us. I can remember in particular, and it's going to happen again, and it happens on a regular basis. I can remember as a parent, helping my kids with their homework. The temptation is there to just do the work for them. Here, it's 9.30, this is the answer. Let's move on. 
This is what nowadays people call snowplow parenting, where you just remove all obstacles from your children from failing or any sort of suffering, removing all obstacles out of your child's path like a big snowplow, just making smooth, easy waters. Instead of letting them struggle, instead of letting them learn the lessons, what we call the school of hard knocks, Sometimes it's much easier to just give the answer. We all tend, whatever the situation might be, wanting to take matters into our own hands. When something is not quite right, or even if it's taking too long, we tend to just want to use our own ideas. That's the situation we find with Abraham, and which would be Sarah, in our reading this morning, this evening. Abraham had received a promise that he would be the father of many, that through his descendants, God would bless the whole world. Abraham and Sarah, they both believed God's promise, but that promise had been made many years ago, and Sarah and Abraham, as we find them today, weren't any younger. They certainly were facing old age. Plus, Sarah was still barren. Maybe they needed to take things into their own hands. Could they really rely on God? So Sarah comes up with a plan. Maybe it was just Abraham that is needed to have the child. So she offered her servant Hagar to Abraham that he might have children with her. Abraham listens. Hagar becomes pregnant. Success! It worked! Well, they thought it worked. But pregnancy wasn't the goal of God's plan. It was certainly part of the plan, but a life of faith and trust in God is what God desired for Abraham and Sarah and even Hagar. Abraham and Sarah did not have to take matters into their own hands. They didn't have to kickstart God's plan so that they would be blessed. God was going to take care of fulfilling his promise in his time and in his way. So if you think about it, a lot of times when it comes to the blessings and promises of God, we often think we have to take matters into our own hands. Whether it's business here at church, politics in the worldly realm, or even our own family. We so often think it's up to us to make sure things go just how they should, that our ideas are always best, and if anyone's in our way, well, they just need to get with the program. In fact, to me, so many times it seems the busier we get, the more sin we experience. It seems the more that we try to do, the more we find ourselves running into walls. It seems that sin is there every step of the way. Imagine that. When we don't wait on God and we jump, it seems like things just don't go well. 
We pray and pray to God and we think that God is slow or maybe not interested when he doesn't answer as we see fit. He doesn't do things according to our timetable, which of course is always the right time. These sins are our downfall. God doesn't call us to know our plans and to follow our paths, but to live by faith. And in that faith, for us to know what sin is, to know, guided by God's word, what is contrary to his will, but not just that we sit idle and wait for his kingdom to come, but we are to pursue righteousness. We are to avoid irreverent babble. In the church, we are to avoid gossip and irreverent babble. We are, in fact, to encourage one another. That's why we come here. Well, that's why what God's Word says it's for. In our society, we are to stand up for the poor and destitute. We are to speak the truth and love and share the gospel of Jesus with others. I mean, it's very easy to be on top of all the latest gossip from the news stories of the day, but speaking the good news, that is really what's going to help you from falling into despair. If you have a family, you can be in God's word together more. If you're a child in a family, if you're a son or a daughter, you can do your chores before playing with friends or getting involved with video games or social media so the family can be together to pray. We all need to put the screens down. In order to live by faith, like Sarah and Abraham, we have to hear God's word, which means we have to intentionally avoid the distractions. We have a promise of help and forgiveness. We have a promise of a God who will help carry us as we wait on him. The temptation that we can turn from with the help of the Holy Spirit is to think that we have to do, we have to jump. In other words, to think we have to rely on the law. But God called Abraham and Sarah to trust his promise, to live by faith. God would take care of it. And though it seemed impossible, Sarah gave birth to a son, the son of the promise, Isaac. Now, Paul, in our, our second reading today, Paul uses this, this happening as a sermon, as an illustration, as an allegory. He says, now you brothers are like Isaac. You Christians are children of a promise. You are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. That those who live by faith and not by works are sons of the promise. We really are sons of Abraham by faith. We are the receivers of God's blessings. But it's not faith in Isaac that brings blessings of salvation. It's faith in the true son of Abraham, the one that was promised, the son that the whole world will be blessed through, the son whose work sets us free from having to jump, from having to make sure everything falls in line just right, who protects us from having to sin against others to have our way. 
So what kind of a father do we have? He's not a negligent father. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. On second thought, perhaps being a snowplow parent isn't such a bad thing because we have a heavenly father who has removed all obstacles between us and our salvation. He knows we could never fulfill the law, no matter how hard we try. So what did he do? He sent his only son to die. And he named him, he gave us his name, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This son would, like Isaac, be born through miraculous circumstance, although not an old woman, but a young virgin. This son would also, like Isaac on Mount Moriah, this son would walk on a Mount Golgotha where he is not spared, but he is crucified. Jesus fulfilled every dot, every bit of the law for you. God did not stop the hands that nailed him to the cross, the spear into his side. Jesus completed everything for you. He won our freedom. He won our freedom from worry. Jesus, he is the true son of Abraham. And he is only received by faith. St. Paul writes in Galatians 3, For in Christ you are sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to a promise. As Isaac was a son of Abraham by promise, so too you are sons and daughters of God by a promise of forgiveness. Because baptism is a new birth where God promises to forgive you all your sins. And may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.